Welcome to the Rise Inside podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird and powered by Rise Robotics. Listen as host Justin talks to experts from the Rise team about topics relating to mechanical engineering, industrial design, commercialization, and innovation. True collaborations work when ideas are integrated at inception to solve significant problems. Rise Inside brings together how the team continues to work with great folks to commercialize ideas. You're listening to the Rise Inside podcast. Here's your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to the Rise Inside podcast. My name is Justin Starbird, and I get to welcome in Rosa Henderson, executive assistant to the chief product officer, who you've heard heard on this podcast um, many times, Ken Gray. Uh, Rosa, so happy to have you on today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. There is so much uh, cool stuff to talk about with you. Um, you get to be the eyes and the ears of of Ken Gray. You are involved in meetings. You're involved in a whole host of different uh, elements and aspects that rise. And yet you're only been here 60 days, 90 days or so. <laughs> Tell me about, you know, what your role at Rise is so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun ride so far. And it has only been about 60 days. I uh I knew Ken from before, and he approached me to come to Rise to help him keep things afloat with his scheduling and meetings. And so I, I do a lot of that. I do it. Uh, we try to say we we uh, hurdle the cats or keep everybody in line. Uh, so anything from scheduling meetings, uh, setting up projects, uh, setting up uh, presentations, anything under under his watch that he needs help with. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, sometimes he's the cat that needs to be herded too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy, come back. <laughs> it can be challenging sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Um, and certainly a, a real welcome addition to to the team here. Uh, I will say from being in uh, many meetings uh, with you, it's been wonderful to have your voice of reason and your ability to keep people on track. Um, and that's quite apparent really quickly. So, um, you know, your attention to detail is, is second to none um, <laughs> here at Rise. So, um, but that said, uh, you know, you've had a real unique journey to get here as well. Like you said, you've known Ken from before. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you, you met him and, and kind of the circumstances surrounding that? Yeah, um, I was introduced to some technology called eSight Glasses in 2016. And through a process of events, I ended up working with the company and Ken was actually a client of mine. Uh, being that we both use the technology being visually impaired, I was coaching uh, new uh, customers and teaching them about how to use the technology to the best of their abilities. And he was one of my patients. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and what was your role there? You know, tell me a little bit about, you know, your, your uh, rise and your career. Um, well, when I first, um, I was born visually impaired. Um, so when I was first attempting to enter the workforce, as most teenagers do, it was very challenging because um, when you disclose that you have a difficulty or a disability, the employer can be very, I guess, closed-minded is the best way to say it, just because of their lack of education and awareness. And so I would attempt to uh, apply for jobs and get out there. And my disability isn't physically apparent looking at me. I don't 
quote unquote look blind or visually impaired. So it wasn't always apparent when I walked in and applied for a job or anything like that. And so if I would disclose it to say that I may need assistance in doing something or another, or may need a modification in how something needs to be done, that would lead to, um, I guess they call it ghosting or you don't get callbacks. Um, so it was a hard journey to get into the workforce. In most yep. cases, it involved not disclosing it and, and uh, hiding it, or so I thought to the best of my abilities, or someone that I knew well would assist me into getting into a job. Sure. Why do you think that is? I, you know, I mean, I know you've been in the, in the workplace, um, for a few years. Um, uh, and you know, I, uh, we're listening to audio, you know, and you, you sound, uh, you sound great today. Um, uh, but you've been dealing with this your, your whole life, you know, as you stated, when you got into the workforce, you know, there were some challenges and, and, and you're thinking about entry-level positions or maybe mm -hmm. retail or something like that. Um, how did that change? One, as you, you know, grew your education and became much more qualified and then, and then two gained experience in the previous jobs and then started to, you know, in further your career, how, how did those, you know, uh, what, now, I don't want to say boundaries, but, you know, how did those barriers, um, you know, begin how, and then where, you know, then what did they progress to? What are some of the, the, the things that you faced? I think the pivoting point for me was when I did get connected with eSight. Um, the technology in itself is amazing and it helped me immensely. In fact, it very much helped me to gain confidence and abilities to go to college. I didn't go to college until I was in my early 40s. So mm. I was very much the adult going back to school because I now have the tools to do so. So that helped my confidence building. You know, if I can get a college degree, you know, I can do a lot of things. Um, and then it led to me being employed by eSight. And being employed at eSight as a visually impaired person going in with them knowing that I'm a visually impaired person. And obviously actually that was part of why they hired me was because I could walk the walk and talk the talk in training the people that are learning to use the technology because I am visually impaired and I did use it. Um, so because, you went, you went through it, those human factors, yeah. those testing, you're the, you're the human use case and you're like, well, you know, the package yeah. does this, but really if you do that, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, the device was created by people who are not visually impaired and sure. their best attempt at thinking of what it is we need the device to do and a lot of input from us later, you know, refine the device to what it is today. Um, but I think the, the, from the employer perspective, them knowing that I was visually impaired and it not being a factor in the job. So it was, quote unquote, like being free to be myself. And, yeah. you know, if I needed help with something, it was no big deal. It's like, hey, can we make that a little bit bigger font size so I can see it better? Or can you share the screen with me so I can zoom in on my computer to see it? You know, it was no big deal because other people there were also visually impaired. My supervisor there, I started, I worked through under two people in management through my career there for four years the first person was also visually impaired as my supervisor which was amazing and then the second person that was my supervisor for my second part of the job there was not visually impaired but had a 
immense amount of empathy to say, well, let's figure out how you can do it. So it yeah. was, it was always, let me show you how to do this, not let me do it for you. And yeah. so that, that was the pivoting point that really pushed my confidence levels and my abilities and my technical training. And, you know, prior to working with them, I didn't know what Google drive was or computer <laughs> stuff or, right. you know, and now I'm like, you know, managing executives, calendars, booking information, writing projects, you know, everything that needs to be done because somebody took the time to show me. Well, took the time to show you, but also you, you mentioned this a, a couple times already. Uh, you gained confidence and, yeah. you know, I feel like in any role, whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in life, you know, you need confidence to get out of bed in the morning to put your shoes on and, and go about, you know, learning new activities or taking a chance to do those sorts of things. What was that journey like um, to, to one, like see a, a company take a chance, right. And, and, yeah. and create a solution to a problem that you, like you said, you know, is apparent um, to, you know, millions of Americans, millions of people worldwide. Um, and, and that hadn't really been solved. And then to initially work under somebody that, you know, had, had progressed a little bit quicker up the, up the chain than you had, and you were working for them. And how, how did those things, um, you know, work to, to help boost that confidence and, and, you know, give you the ability to, to go to work every day? Well, that was just it. As I learned new skills and learned to do new things, I started learning that I can do these things. <laughs> uh, you know, it got to the it got to the point where you know I started working with the sales department. I started working with the um, PR and going to events and doing speaking engagements. And you know, it, I always have trouble patting myself on the back. But at one point in time, I was leading the um, the sales team in sales every month because I was able to present the product in a different way to the potential buyers because I could speak to what they were going through. So, I mean, all you start gaining these positive experiences and it just starts boosting and boosting your confidence levels that you can do more and more. And having a supervisor that, you know, every time I said, hey, how do I do this in Drive or how do I do this in, in Google Calendar or whatever? He's like, here, let me show you. Right. He was always teaching me to fish. You know? like, yeah. So he opened a can of worms and it, it got me to this level now where I just, you know, I just is like, I can do, I, I have value. I, I can provide value to an employer and I can be very successful in helping them be successful. And, Absolutely. you know, I could, I could not say those words, you know, five or six years ago. <laughs> well, how has that translated to other areas of your life? Um. I mean, not to get too personal here. I mean, I know this is a very professional podcast and we're at Rise Inside and, and you know, Rise is, you know, really changing the world. But, you know, by having an opportunity to bring folks like yourself on to a incredibly diverse engineering, you know, uh, team, uh, sales team, marketing team, you know, you're fitting not just in your, your you know, you're driving change in your own way. Um, but I, I've got to imagine that also extends to other areas of your life, because one of the cool things here rises, the commitment to culture and the commitment to extracurricular activities and the other things that we do, um, it, it's got to be, uh, you know, a huge impact, uh, on your personal life too. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's simple things and, and more involved things. I mean, things like traveling, like, you know, I, I traveled to Boston to visit the right office. I went by myself and to some of my family members, I was a little bit daunting because it's like, what do you mean you're going by yourself? But, yeah. you know, navigating a big airport and doing all those things is a little bit intimidating if you have, a, you know, a difficulty. But um, I, I said before, it's like, I don't wait to be asked, how can I help you anymore? I ask for when I need help. You know, it's like yeah. if I, I don't, I'm not, I've never been super shy, but I'm definitely not <laughs> shy at all now when it comes to needing something or wanting something. I mean, I I just moved to a new neighborhood and, and bought a new house with my husband. Um, and I already know people on my street. I already introduced myself to, you know, everybody in the area and, um, my mortgage broker was very delighted to work with me because she didn't have to remind me to do anything or take care of something because it got handled. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, congratulations. Um, That's really exciting you. too. Thank you. Well, with all of these uh, changes, you know, you also made a professional change. Well, you know, in addition to to knowing, uh, you know, Ken Gray and, and our uh, chief product officer here, what uh, other elements led you to rise? Um, it was an opportunity to work in a new environment. Um, when I started working at Eastside, I did not consider myself a technically savvy person. <laughs> Um, yep. At the end of my journey there, I really discovered again, wow, I, I can be taught. I can I can learn new things. And um, my daughter is very interested in mechanical engineering things. And she's actually in a trade school learning, you know, mechanics and automotive and all that stuff. And when Ken approached me with the idea of helping him here, I was like, wow, this could really be enlightening in a lot of ways, you know, in learning new stuff. And and to the point where I was in a meeting just recently translating, because I'm also bilingual, translating, translating a lot of this technology from English to Spanish to coordinate with a new contact we have. And that was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was, that was interesting. It was challenging, but I think I got through it because we're moving forward with the deal. So <laughs> well, that, that is very exciting. Uh, you know, making these changes, um, you know, you mentioned uh, in early in your career, uh, employers weren't willing to make a, concessions or accommodations. Mm -hmm. What kind of things has Rise actually had to do to 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 help you, you know, be your best? And that's the funny part. The only accommodation I have needed was an iMac 27-inch computer. Um, one point because I needed the large monitor and the second point because of the accessibility that the Apple products provide. Yep. That's literally the only thing they've had to do for me. <laughs> so really did, complicated, right? I, absolutely. Right. Well, <laughs> Hey, that's, uh, that's one of the things that we do here. We take really complicated things and make them simple, but, um, you know, th using that as a, as a, I don't know, jumping off point. Why do you, you know, maybe this is more cultural. I, I don't know. Um, why do you think so many employers uh, are intimidated in attempting to uh, to assist those that are fully capable, but but may have a hindrance? I think it is just that is education. Um, one of the points is that when somebody thinks of somebody as being blind, um, they think of no vision or lights and shadows. 
and mm -hmm. the spectrum of blindness or visual impairment is completely 180 spectrum you know i have a friend who is 2060 which you know if you know an eye chart 2020 and you move your way up 2060 she's at the cusp of being able to drive at a you know mm -hmm. approving a driver's license but she has various blind spots in her vision that make her legally blind because her field of view is limited yeah i am in the 150 ish 200 range um i think Ken would have to speak for himself, but I think he's in the 100 range. Um, so when people think of blind, they think of no vision or limited vision, and they don't see how we could do things. Yeah. And, um, you know, to not call anybody out, but when I was visiting the office, someone played the can you see me game. It's like, you know, they're standing 10 feet in front of me. It's like, oh, so can you see me if I stand here? Well, what if I stand over here? And it's like, yes, I can see you. I may not be able to see if your eyes are open. I may not be able to see if you're sticking your tongue out, but I can see you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and is that it, so? It's it's education. It's also awareness. And you know, does that start in school, or is that something that you know more public companies should should uh, take the lead on and it filtered down? Like, how do you see a solution? Yeah, just any kind of awareness is awareness. I don't know how to spread the message. I think it's been something we've been fighting forever. My biggest thing would be if the if the takeaway could be that if you're curious, ask. You know, maybe don't play the can you see me game, but just ask. Oh, so what is your vision like? Can yeah. you explain to me how you see things and so I can understand, you know? Um, I've been with my husband for 35 years and he doubts my ability of anything except maybe driving. And honestly, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I have, have driven a car, um, you know, off-roading and things like that. But he's like, yeah, whatever. You're going to Boston. Okay. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, he's like, if you think you can do it, you do it. Right. Yeah. He's like, there's a big show in Germany. Do you get to go? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, you should go. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. But yeah, he has no qualms about me doing anything. You know, it's like, we're likely not going to apply for a job or ask to do something we don't think we should be doing. I'm not going right. to apply to be an airline pilot, you know, I'm not going to, you know, things like that. Well, recently, so here we're in the month of July and we're celebrating um, Disability Pride Month. What does that mean to you? I just want there to be awareness of what a disability can be and what it's not. Um, you know, let people show you their abilities. Don't don't already assume what their disabilities are. Or let them show you what they can do. Don't assume what they can't do is a better way to say it. And it seems like there's a lot of this month and that month and awareness month. So I don't want to quote unquote go too much into like that part of it. But it's just, I just, if one employer out there is listening and someone applies for a job, whether it be a visual disability or in a wheelchair or uh, you know, um, a problem with one of their limbs. Don't just dis don't just dismiss it. You know, just ask questions. How would how do you think you'd be able to fit in here? Do you think you'd be able to do the duties we're asking of you? Um, you know, things like that. I mean, someone can uh, can counter me, but I don't think Rise has asked me to do anything thus far that I haven't been able to do. Right, and that it must be such a liberating feeling as well. Yeah, I mean, the biggest liberating part of it is it's just that they know. Yeah. <laughs> Although I ch I challenge that there's probably people at the office that meant me to have no clue that I was visually impaired again because it's not apparent. 
but uh, the, that's the biggest challenge is that it's like, or non-challenges that they know and I don't have to hide it. And I don't have yeah. to wonder, oh gosh, if I disclose it, are they going to be like, oh, well, maybe she can't do this or, you know, things like that. Right, because you don't want people to feel bad for you. You you want yeah. to you want to be respected for the work and the capabilities that you have, just like any of your peers. Because hey, somebody with with um, with no such issues um, <laughs> may have not done the job nearly as well as you, right? And so, <laughs> uh, I mean, those are those are facts, right? That sometimes people aren't good at their job and they need to they need to adjust. And so, um, I, I mean, that's what I get out of this is that. Uh, your peer, your peer, your peer as it goes. And I just think it's so cool to have you on in a platform where you can, you know, celebrate not just your, um, your successes, but uh, also celebrate the opportunity to, to share with others how far you've come. Yes. I mean, that's the takeaway. It's not about, oh, poor me and look what I've been able to do. It's about look what people can do despite of having a disability. You know, and honestly, if you want somebody who's dedicated, hardworking, thinks outside of the box as a problem solver, you need someone with some kind of impairment because we have to think outside the box, you know, be dedicated to the employer because we may not get another one or another opportunity, you know, and problem solve because we do that on a daily basis. (laughs) Right. Well, and you're, you amplify all of your other senses, right? I mean, that's, that's something that you always hear too, uh, is that, uh, you know, when, when something is taking away, now you rely on all of these other uh, tools that you have in your belt to become that much better uh, at doing whatever's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Fine tuning. Yep. That's so cool. Well, I, you know, the the last thing I wanted to ask you about is um, we're actually about to post a, a blog that you wrote too, um, it, it kind of related to this topic. Do you want to, you know, talk a little bit about um, about that as well? Sure, if you'd like. What what was the? It, it was a similar topic, uh, but you know, uh, walk me through. You know, what gave you? I don't know what what got you started to to write this article. Um, someone at eSight, um, as I was doing my exiting interviews, um, was asking me about my journey there and what had happened and how things are. And, and I talked to her about, you know, my supervisor and him teaching me to fish and working in an open environment with people who were aware of my disability and not having to hide it. And she's like, you really should write this story. And it was back to the whole, well, I don't want to be a poor me story. And like, look what I got to do. It's, it's just, I want employers to be aware that, you know, you could be missing out on a big pool of employees, you know, by not giving people a chance. And she, you know, she just kind of pushed me to, to write it. And she gave me a bit of an outline. And, and once I got started on it, I was just like, yeah, you know, there's, there's a message there. It's like, just, you know, just be open minded and just like, you know, um, accommodations. It's like, you don't have to buy a whole bunch of technology and special software and, it could be simple. It could be a large monitor. It could be someone needs a, a certain type of desk that allows, you know, their device to fit under. If it's a wheelchair, it could be very simple. Ask what they need. Don't assume that you know it's going to be too hard. They likely wouldn't be applying if they didn't think they can do the job. Right. Well, that is really exciting. I can't wait um, to to see uh, the feedback and, and, um, share, you know, be able to have a follow-up on this in six months. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll get promoted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be great too. 
That would be great too. Well, uh, Rosa, thank you so much for joining me today. I uh, have really enjoyed talking to you, learning more about, you know, not just the, uh, the challenges you went through, but uh, actually what's even more cool is uh, how you've overcome them and, and um, how today, you know, uh, just seeing you in your element and, and all the success that you're having. Well, thank you so much. I hope to be here for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, we hope you are too. <laughs> thank well, you. You've been listening to the latest episode of the Rise Inside podcast. On behalf of Rosa Henderson, our executive assistant to the chief product officer, Ken Gray, my name is Justin Starbird. You've been listening to the Rise Inside podcast presented by Rise Robotics. On behalf of our guest today and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. Please share your feedback on our LinkedIn page, LinkedIn.com slash company slash rise dash robotics.